Let's make love. I'll turn you out. of beautiful black actors, musicians, singers, authors, and etc. that I loved but couldn't relate to because I couldn't see myself in those images. I couldn't see myself in the music or films. For a long time, I tried to convince myself to stay within what was considered blackness, especially for someone from the South. You do not deviate from that image put onto you because if you did, you were considered an outcast. And I'm not just speaking from the viewpoint of being called white for enjoying things or speaking a certain way. Though I did internalize a lot of the things said to me as a teen, this is not going to be the entire conversation. This is about the narrow box black people are given. Stepping outside of that box, you might be seen as a traitor It's as if you're being taught to present a certain way as to not be looked at different by white people. But white people want it to look like us. They still do. Even with our deviations from those particular images of blackness, even at black events like Afropunk, which is neither Afro or punk anymore, but I'll get into that later, they still want to emulate us. Hello, this is Planet Groove. My name is Mars. And welcome to my planet. 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 Looking for the alternative as a child, I mostly had white artists to look up to. So a lot of my personality and taste came from the white artists that I saw on TV once I discovered that there was more to music than what I was shown. Growing up as a kid, I'd say the only example I could relate to was Missy Elliott because she was doing something no other black artist was attempting to do on a mainstream stage. And maybe Outkast. Also, she looked like me. But having one needle in an iceberg of culture isn't enough, so I sought out what was available and accessible to me on TV, which meant I would have access to an alternative, but at what cost? Because while these alternatives on TV existed, none of them looked like me. Bjork did not look like me, nor did anyone, no doubt, or the assorted white bands full of cis men. It led me down a spiral of wanting to be white. Here are these artists and their images I could relate to, but only at a minimum because they were white. They had the freedom to be whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted. I think, you know, we live in a society where 
We are predominant, this, the media caters predominantly to a white audience. So when you grow up in a society that is catering predominantly to a white audience, you tend to associate more positive associations um, to that white audience. So you tend to grow up wanting to cling to those things more so. And in order to cope, um, there's a sort of psychological displacement where you put on a cultural mask to try and fit in. When I didn't feel that I could fit into blackness, I tried to fit into whiteness. And there's no way to describe how messed up that is. Because no one should have to fit into anything, but especially whiteness at that, because you're still black. No matter what crowd, genre, office, band, show, or person you're in. This led me down a path of being the black friend, or in simpler terms, token. I did have friends who shared similar experiences with me, but some of them also leaned into their roles as tokens. This followed me from high school into adulthood. I'm at shows on stage or in the crowd, and guess who's the only black person there? Me. And if I wasn't the only black person, there were others fighting for their spot to sit at the white table. So that meant looking down other black people in the same room. This slowly but surely radicalized me. It was tiring upholding some white standard all because I didn't fit a southern Christian cis heterosexual black one. During this period, I had to find myself and regain confidence in who I was as a black person because while I may have been getting some validation from whiteness, it wasn't worth fucking myself over to be once again something I wasn't. With glimpses in my childhood, I saw flashes of myself in the cool but experimental music of Khalees, the retro pop influenced first album from VV Brown, Gym Class Heroes, The Black Kids, J Davey, Afro Korean J pop idol Crystal K, NERD, The Noisettes, Natalia Kills, Anita Blaze Cock and Bull Kid, and Black Party but I only saw flashes of them. The moments I saw them were very brief, but I held onto what I could hold onto when I could find their music online, particularly VV Brown, Cock and Bull Kid, and Italia Kills. They sounded like me. They dressed the way I wanted to, just effortlessly cool and black. And you could say, that this was enough, but when you've been given nothing but white artists to look to, this isn't enough. As artists, they are enough. But in the music industry, it's not enough to see only a few black artists when the market is flooded with white artists. At the time, those were my current artists in rotation, but I knew if I wanted to find more, I'd have to go back. That's right, she also said, I'm not a freak, but I am different. If people think I'm weird, that's okay. It's better than being ignored. So please welcome Grace Jones. Growing up black, I of course saw the movie Boomerang. 
Now I always remember the character that Grace Jones played. You are going to turn down a pussy like this? Staring you smack in your face? No man can turn down this pussy. You stop. I don't know any man that can refuse this pussy. Stop saying pussy. People are eating in here. Pussy. 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 Puss, puss, puss. As a child, she straight up scared me, especially the scene where she gave birth to her own fragrance. That hunted me for the longest. It probably scared me because as a child, my bubble of entertainment had been mainly through the lens of mainstream media, so I had no reference point for Grace Jones. She was out of this world to me. She seemed like something created simply to haunt me. The way she rode in on a chariot of men while whipping them, white men at that, had never been seen by my adolescent eyes before. She was different, but it wasn't until being online as a teen fresh out of high school that I even remotely knew who Grace Jones was. To me, she was an actress in a movie, not the artist Grace Jones. My first real experience with Grace, the artist, was online when I saw the controversial video for her song, Slave to the Rhythm. I did not know what to think of it, but I had already had a reference point for it given that I was into David Bowie, Klaus Nami, and many other strange acts at the time. I'd never seen a black artist doing what she was doing, the collage of surrealism with a mixture of feminine and masculine energy. She was my bridge between both worlds because I, at that time, didn't feel like a boy or a girl. You can top them. Oh, that's exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, uh-huh. Matter of fact, I, I, I don't have to answer to anybody. Even then, she still scared me. The artwork for Slave to the Rhythm was terrifying to me. Finding zip files for her music was also incredibly difficult as most of her output at the time was older. I'd find download links to compilations, but they'd all be expired or taken down due to copyright. I would not get to fully experience Grace Jones again until I was in my early 20s. By then, I was becoming my own artist, inspired by all the post-punk and new wave I consumed as a teen, none of which were by black artists. I was still discovering music that was new to me but old to the world. Stuff like The Stooges, Lou Reed, and etc. Then one day, my friend, when dropping off his curation of media for me to consume, brought me the album Nightclubbing by Grace Jones and a DVD copy of A One Man Show. Me and those discs were inseparable. Yes, CD and DVD players were like fossils by then, but I didn't have the fancy technology of my peers to consume music. All I had was a computer, a portable DVD player, and headphones. I would listen to nightclubbing or repeat. Here was a black woman making the music I wanted to make. It was cold, warm, and it sounded like night. I've always had this fascination with music that sounded like nighttime. When she sang, I'm a walking nightmare, an arsenal of doom. I kill conversation as I walk into the room. I'm a three-line whip. 
I'm the sort of thing they ban. I'm a walking disaster. I'm a demolition man. I'd never felt so seen. It was through grace I found that I could exist in my blackness and strangeness with no apologies, no one to answer to, no one to perform for but myself. My blackness no longer felt like a performance. Thank you, Miss Grace Jones. Little girls should be seen and not heard. Existing in my skin is inherently punk, but growing up, I always saw the stereotypical white and racist approach as punk. White people with attitudes and questionable politics that didn't seem radical or progressive. I'm not going to say all white people, but I'll say most. Punk has never been something white, because whiteness is the antithesis of punk. But as a child, I didn't know that. There were no images of black people in punk for me to reference. I wouldn't discover bad brains, death, and x-ray specs until adulthood. Of course, there are more groups like Pure Hell, Dead Kennedys, and etc. But I wouldn't find those groups until much later. I must also state that punk isn't just a genre of music. I'll probably get shit from purists for saying that. But it's a feeling. If you are out here challenging the norm with your existence and your words, then you are punk. Grace Jones is punk. Tina Turner is punk. Nina Simone is punk. Little Kim is punk. I am punk. If you are black, you are more than likely punk. Before this realization, I look up to groups like Buzzcocks, The Clash, Sex Pistols, The Ramones. Yes, I still listen to some of this music because it's great music, but when I discovered the side that wasn't predominantly led by white men, I saw myself. Growing up black, you're told any genre that isn't by a mainstream black artist is white music. When literally black people are the originators and innovators of these genres, on TV, there was no band of black people besides maybe The Roots where you could look and think maybe I could be in a band. That was out of the question. Seeing people like Polystyrene, Bad Brains, and especially Death showed me that there is no creative ceiling for black people. I know the world has shown us time and time again that the ceiling can be lowered at any time no matter what but black children need to see themselves in more ways than one or two. The possibilities are endless creatively, but there's a harsh reality that comes with being black and daring to dream because you will have to work harder while some of your non-black peers can achieve on a sliding scale of creativity and effort. About the test, you don't wear the normal sort of punk gear, the normal leather and plastic and the hinged together jeans. Why not? Well, because, I mean, I just don't think that's what it's about. I mean, I think that's just sort of imitating other people and I think it should be a form of self-expression, really, and, you know, everybody should just wear what they want to wear and not feel sort of that they have to go to certain shops and buy certain things, you know. Thank you, Bali. 
I feel like this episode may run into another episode that I should start work on because I do not want to repeat myself when the next episode comes. So I'm going to hold off on exploring other genres. So I'll talk about present day blackness. Now, with the commercialization of quote-unquote alternative blackness for white audiences, I feel less and less attached to the title All Black, because while we have categories to easily find communities, these presentations of blackness aren't alternative. They're just black. Black isn't a monolith, and should it be seen or treated as such, You'll probably never see me at Afropunk as it caters more to costumes, white people, and gatekeeping black art from black artists. But I understand its importance to those who want to attend something they identify with. It just doesn't feel like a diverse showcase of blackness, and more so a curation of what appeals to the mainstream image of what blackness is. That happens when anything becomes corporate. But that's not important. In 2022, we have so many and yet so little to show in diversity when it comes to displaying black artists. But with the internet being in our pockets at all times, things have become easier. We have country artists like Chapel Hard, Rissy Palmer, Mickey Guyton, to the electronic and dance music of artists like Shy Girl, Pink Pantheris, Rafia, Jasmine Infinity, and Elon, to the punk music of Lust Sick Puppy, The Muslims, to the pop punk and alternative music of Meet Me at the Altar, and Big Joni, to the avant-garde of Klein and Lorraine. I know that me categorizing these artists puts them in boxes, so the genre is black, because black people can be and make anything. We are art, we are the mainstream, the underground, the sound. Also, thank you, Imani Coppola. You often get overlooked for your contributions, but they were important and are often duplicated. Thank you, Q Lazarus. You are a mystery and without you, I wouldn't have found my voice as a singer. And even thank you to a young RuPaul and the late great Sylvester. There are so many more I could think, but this episode will be an hour long. Hopefully one day I will have the death to dedicate a lengthy episode or series to these innovators. I'm happy knowing that children have more than just one image to look up to. Not saying the images we were raised with were bad ones, but they didn't show a fuller canvas, just a corner. And to be honest, the canvas is yet to be seen in its full form. We're only seeing what's in front of us. As I sit here making this episode, during this pandemic, I'd like to remind black people who don't feel like they fit anywhere is that you don't have to fit anywhere. Your movement is yours. Your lane is yours. Everybody will be late to your party, so let them be. Enjoy the fruits you grow within for yourself because it's hell out here. We live under a system that oppresses us and life is too fickle to hide or force a square into a circle. Do you and always do you. I'm 24 now. Now, 10 years from now, you'll be 34, let's say, if, mm-hmm. if my condition is correct. Yes. 
after tonight. Now, what are you going to be doing in 10 years? What do you think? I, hopefully, I'll be producing other people. I'll be, I would have made billions of dollars with million selling records, billions. like my brand new record, uh -huh. Sex Freak, which is at all the record stores in town. All of them. And um, <laughs> hopefully in 10 years, I would be producing movies. And um, where videos. is it? Third <laughs> Come on. We have another call. I hate to interrupt you. Hello, you're on the air. Yes, um, I was wondering if there's like any way I could order two of RuPaul's records. I hope this episode has been light and eye-opening. I must add that I am only speaking from my experience and not for others. Black is great in any form. I just wanted to state that Black isn't just lived and done one way. My Blackness is an alternative. It's just Black. Thank you for stopping by. My name is Mars, and thank you for coming to my planet. May your trip home be safe.